0: This is episode four of Small Business Rising. My name is Anna. And I am Marta Gabriela. And today we are going to talk about overcoming fear when starting up a small business. Together with us in a studio, we have Kate Dahl, a founder and CEO of consulting agency Career Denmark, who is going to share with us her long and sometimes rocky journey of establishing her own company. Kate. Hi. So we have Kate in the studio. Marta, we know Kate already, don't we?
1: Yes, yes, we do. We've had Kate as our guest in our previous podcast. You've got five options. Previous
0: podcast that still exists, and (laughs) you can listen to it (laughs) on the5options.com or on any other streaming platform. Yes, actually, it's quite funny because Kate was our guest, I think, two exactly almost two years ago because I have seen on Facebook your share uh, update uh, of oh two years ago I was on you've got five options and I was like whoa this is quite a great timing and at that time we all have been in different places in our life and Kate you were actually I think in between jobs
2: I, Oh well, what happened was I was actually at working at that job mm-hmm. at the time and I was uh, there was some conflict going on and I remember telling you guys about it and stuff and uh, yeah and then since then I had an, that job and then I left that and then got another one, got quit and then I decided, you know what? Maybe this is a sign that I need to do what I was doing uh, this, a long time ago, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Actually. Exactly.
0: So you can see that life can really go in uh, very unexpected ways. So before came to our show, before Kate came to our show, and you've got five options to actually advise people on how to start uh, no, not how to start the business Jesus, uh, now I think you will actually <laughs> advise on that in a sense of overcoming fear you are advising our listeners uh, what are the tips and tricks or let's call it like this, how to get a job in Denmark, actually. Yeah. And it's very, very interesting because now you are doing this for a living. So yeah. it's like it was like, a, um, I think, some kind of a um, premonition uh, episode, you know, showing us what you will do in the future. So it's actually quite funny to look at this episode now. It was a very popular episode among our listeners. It has quite a number of downloads, Kate. Oh, so really? So I think people really, really uh, liked what you were advising and... I guess that means it
1: was a great idea to make a business out of it. But Kate... I just remember it was so funny when we met before that episode and we were talking about and I ask you, but Kate, do you have some flair for uh, like business? Would you like to be uh, an entrepreneur? And you were like, no, I don't think that this is me. Maybe no, but no, now I really want this (laughs) job. And that was was quite amazing.
2: Yeah, no, it's funny where life takes you because we're going to talk about today about the fear of uh, having your own business and i think at that time i was really fearful to be quite honest but i think we'll have to talk about that later as well
0: yeah and marta thank you very much for uh, reminding me that because i completely forgot you are right you were even saying no 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 i no no not my own business and um, then yeah you are right there must have been some fear there but kate we are talking about how we met two years ago and many of our listeners today might be completely new audience. So I think it's only proper to give you a little bit of space to introduce yourself. So you are an American and you have came to Europe when you were 19 years old with just one backpack or yeah. yes. Is it correct? Yes, that's right. Actually. That's uh, that's uh, that, that that's how the great stories usually start. <laughs> and you have spent almost five years in Germany being an English teacher uh, there. Mm-hmm. And then you uh, ended up in Denmark following the love of your life, which I have to say, it's uh, something that I've heard maybe for the thousandth time. Yeah. It's very, very typical that uh, international people ending up here because they met a fascinating Viking or Vikingi. I don't know how is the Viking woman. guess. uh, Vikingus, (laughs) Vikingus, and then they are arriving to this, uh, to this beautiful country, and this is how they stay here. So, um, thinking about your one backpack moving just like this to Europe story, I will ask you something that I asked our previous guest, guest, and I think this is a really cool question. If you would have to describe yourself in three adjectives, what would you choose?
2: yeah. That's actually a really good question and something I, uh, ha, uh, I yeah, it's it's a struggle. But uh, if I had to do three, it would be being persistent, mm-hmm. being strong willed, and uh, a go getter. That actually falls in
0: the same group of. Uh, so I think you can, <laughs> you can definitely see Kate's personality, but that falls into the same kind of group of. Uh, of features of a character. And uh, did your backpack experience moving to Europe from US was because you were strong-willed to move to Europe because you wanted to explore the world? How, how did
2: it come? Did it came with any fear? Yeah, it's interesting. And it, it did come with fear. It came with the fear of, uh, 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 yeah, it was a fear of uncertainty. I think, Mm -hmm. because I I was at a time in my life where um, I didn't know where the future was going to be. I already had some conflicts with my family at the time who are very Trump-loving, who are very religiously conservative. And I had to take the chance to follow my gut feeling, and that really terrified me. Um, And there was a lot of life situations that just kind of... Yeah, just led to that, and I I did it, though, also out of the necessity of knowing that if I didn't do it, it would be out of regret, and that was also the reason why I did my own business, is because even though I had the fear mm-hmm. of going into my own business, I realized that if I didn't do this, I would regret it for the rest of my life if I didn't try.
0: Okay, so. that's... Uh that is something that I hear from quite a number of people, you know, and indeed it is sometimes more difficult to live with a regret of not trying something than a regret of doing something. Uh, But I guess the uh, whole moving out to Europe served you well and uh, you had four and a half years in Germany and then you ended up in Denmark with the love of your life. So, Tell us what was happening here, because as we mentioned, you were uh, doing quite a career.
2: Yeah, so I was uh, teaching uh, to survive. I was actually in Germany for about six and a half years approximately. Okay, so, um, I have my info wrong then. Okay, uh, sorry. It's okay. mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's just two years. Uh, so then, uh, yeah, I did my master's and then uh, met the love of my life. And then, uh, yeah, and then I did my PhD and things were going well. Mm-hmm. And then that block hit where my PhD wasn't going well. Uh, I lost one of my biggest uh, clients uh, for my because I was a freelance English teacher, so mm-hmm. that big client uh, decided to drop me. And then I realized, oh, crap, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And then that's when I decided or well, uh, was told by a friend of mine, hey, you should really apply to get a job in China uh, to be an English teacher uh, because they really need native speakers. So I did, and was offered the job, and uh, it was good money, and and and, and, it, and it was a really good package. And then I remember telling my boyfriend, who is now my husband,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, yeah, I remember him, when I was talking to him on the phone about it, he's like, you know, okay, this is a really crazy uh, question, but do you want to move in with me? Do you want to come be with me in Denmark? Okay. And I was like, what? What, what are you talking about? And it, it really terrified me because it felt just as foreign to go to China. As it was to go to Denmark. <laughs> because it wasn't about the foreignness of it. It was just more about going into the next step of your yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm. And that terrified me more than learning Chinese or being in another culture completely. I don't know why, uh, but it did. And I just remember, like, you know, taking these lists and, po- like, about the positives and negatives of going to Denmark or going to China. Because let's face it, if I went to china it would have probably been the end of our relationship Mm -hmm. and i think that's why he did that because he was kind of pushed in a corner and really wanted to be with me so and then after thinking about it for some time uh, i remember just writing down this one question about what would make me happy and then i realized that this just this list didn't matter it didn't matter at all uh and that i just decided yes let's go to denmark and uh yeah and now I'm here. <laughs> so now the uh, people Republic of
0: China know what they are missing, first of all. Mm-hmm. And second of all, wow, that's actually a quite interesting twist that you gave us at the very end of this uh, story. You know, uh, in the end of the day, you just followed your heart yeah. and all the to do lists um, to do lists. Probably there was a to-do list. The pro and con list just went outside of the window um, and you ended up here. And uh, the interesting part is that I hear that you were English teacher all these years and here you were working mostly in sales. How did that happen?
2: Yeah. Uh, Again, we have to go back to lists (laughs) because I (laughs) love lists. Um, so really what I did was that I analyzed the market and I also made a list of my skills and competences and really dug deep into what uh, into what I could do in the Danish labor market and um, and, uh, for example, one of the stories I tell is, uh, cause my, I said earlier, my dad's a, oh, no, I didn't say that earlier. My apologies, but, uh, I, uh, my dad's a farmer, so mm-hmm. we live right next to a golf course. Okay. So in this golf course, sometimes the golf balls would go into the field and then I would pick them up and say, oh, well, these have scratches. So it's this price. And, oh, if it has, you know, if they're perfect, then they're this price, right? How, how old were, were you when you uh, were doing I must've been about seven or eight I think about the time (laughs) and I did this from the age of eight to maybe oh it was many years I I think I did it till at least I was 15 16
0: well that's a a salesperson
2: out there definitely (laughs) but and that's also like that's what I tell internationals as well when they invent reinvent themselves to go deeper Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of us we go back you know, we have this degree and think, "Oh my gosh!" Like, you know, I have to do this, and I I, be, I worked so hard for it, and therefore I have to do it. Mm-hmm. But they don't really think deeper into what they did as children, and because sometimes us as children, we already have our personalities, and we already have developed certain skills and competences that could be already could be used in our current uh, well, for the current market for whatever reason, mm-hmm. right? So I uh, yeah, that's when I decided to go into sales. And uh, so and looking at it and, and that was at the time. I mean, I don't know how it uh, actually it's better with COVID. Uh, to be quite honest, it's better with COVID. It's not as good as it was as it was five years ago. Uh, but really? uh, yeah, well, there's not as many sales. I see. I, there was a lot more five years ago. Mm-hmm. But I would say today it's there are still some sales, but not as much as it was so to say, so mm-hmm. because, yeah, but things are getting better with, with everything. But anyways, so, yeah, so then I went into sales and uh, had many, <laughs> many, many different uh, positions, uh, <laughs> as you already know, uh, you know, working in startups and being a woman, and uh, and that's a, just a very volatile industry, and, and then we go from our story of when I uh, – yeah, when, when I came on the radio show to make my initiative even during my job, mm-hmm. you know, at the time, and it was funny because then, um, I don't know if you, uh, do you did you have, I, I don't know if you met Dini Tar, uh, he was a leadership, yes, yes I think that's how we I heard of him actually, uh, he's a, a leadership coach. Uh, Said yes. so something like this, yes. So, and he and I remember like sitting down and talking to him because he was like a he's. I think uh, is he on an episode on your show or what? Yeah, yes, 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 yeah. Because I heard a, the episode on the show and just invited him for coffee, and you know, I remember telling him about my initiative, and he was the one saying, "Kate, like," and it was shortly after the show actually, mm-hmm. when uh, he was like, "You really should make this your business. You really need to go for this," and I was like. Ugh. I don't want to. I'm not a businesswoman. I don't have my own business. Like, I I just really said no. I I really wanted nothing to do with it. And he's like, Kate, you really have something special. You really know what you're doing. You should really go for this. And act- that really stuck with me in the back of my head. And then after. That job, uh, you know, then I got another one while I was doing my initiative and my courses and just like just kind of like feeling the market, how much of a need there was out there. Uh, And then when I lost my next job after the after from the show, I realized, okay, maybe this is a sign I need to do this. And uh, but it took me like at least more than six months to really realize that this is what I needed to do. You know, I didn't, you know, and that's the thing. I didn't do it because like it was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go for my business and I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And like, no, I did this out of my own necessity because that necessity was about my own happiness. And I realized that this is the only way for me to become happy and to help people because I see Like, I want people to be fulfilled in their lives, and that's what Career Denmark is. You know, I officially became a business in March, and then that's funny because I was a hobby business, and and then COVID hit, and then I thought, oh, my gosh, like, Career Denmark's not even going to get off the ground when, when I started it, you mm-hmm. know. But there's still a need, and, and internationals still need guidance in job searching, you know. And people relate to different people, and, you know, there are some internationals that relate to to, to my story. And uh, and I have seen the results of my methods, and that's what keeps me going, I guess, is because when someone lands that position, it just makes me feel so good, you know, yeah. and that was what what makes me happy. You know, yeah, uh,
0: Kate, so. you actually brought so many points here that I have a fantastic uh, now plate to pick up for the next 45 minutes from your story because... I think there are a couple of interesting things that you mentioned, especially that time when it landed in your head that someone said you really should go for your own business and yet you were still fighting with that thought and going back and forward. I'm really looking forward to hear about this more, but now we will have a little bit of a musical break. So you can take a bit of uh, rest because uh, guys, you don't know that, but Kate is actually uh, pregnant Um, quite uh, heavily. And uh, (laughs) I have been pregnant uh, quite heavily recently. And I know that having a bit of a break is good. So we will listen to a song in a moment. But before we do that, Marta, you actually are uh, having a very interesting tool that you offer to your uh, clients, you know, this kind of going back to the childhood Um, And trying to see what was I very passionate about, uh, you know, back in the day when I was a kid. That works quite a lot of times, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. For people who feel uh, lost on Mm -hmm. uh, what kind of career path they should choose, like, Obviously, when you're coming to a new country like the target market that you have, Kate, and you struggle to get a job because it is very difficult to get a job for internationals in Denmark and I guess in many other countries as well, Mm -hmm. this kind of pushes you to this place where you have the opportunity or the need <laughs> to uh, to reinvent yourself but that's just as true as you know in the times that we stereotypically would call midlife crisis where <laughs> people are like i've been doing it for so long and uh, now uh, i actually can't do it anymore i need to find myself again so that's another opportunity to look into the similar approach where you where you do that in order to reconnect with your passion Mm-hmm. It's basically to reconnect with your passion, to find out what you were already passionate about as when you were a small kid. Because when we are small children, we don't overthink mm-hmm. what we should be doing; we just simply do what we are naturally interested in. And that tells us a lot about ourselves and overpasses all the shoulds and all the programming and all the you know uh, ways we have set ourselves on through years. Yeah,
0: I completely agree. I was doing some of those exercises as well, although I was always convinced I know what I want to do, but very powerful. And thank you, Kate and Marta for sharing that. And now we will listen to Seven Gypsies by Joe Wilkes. That was Joe Wilkes and Seven Gypsies. Uh, If you are a listener of our previous podcast, you might uh, remember this song because we played it before. And uh, Joe is an independent musician and we really support here independent creators. So uh, thank you very much, Joe, that we could replay your song. And now we are back to Kate. Kate, 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 so we know already that the idea to start your business wasn't the piano of purpose fell on my head moment. It was coming to you gradually, you were getting some signs, you had a passion for something, but you haven't seen yourself as an entrepreneur. Then you were meeting several people like, for instance, uh, Dimitri. Dimitri, Right. And he was suggesting or actually even saying in your face, listen, this is what you should do. And yet you were still quite reserved to the idea. So I assume there were quite a lot of back and forwards on your way. And uh, tell us how long did it take you to make a firm decision? Okay, I am going with my own consultancy now.
2: Mm. Honestly, I think it took from... I would say from the time of this show to yeah when I started, I I think it took about nine months. Nine. So pregnancy. actually, like a pregnancy <laughs> <laughs> it took as long as
0: having
1: a baby. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: That's a good sign. Uh, so it took you nine months more or less. Okay. Um, we already kind of have an idea what career Denmark is, but please before we will dig into that, tell us what do you actually do within your consultancy.
2: Yeah. So I teach internationals how to uh, take certain jobs uh, search strategies and put them in a Danish cultural context. And I teach it based on my own perspective, my own experiences. And I give a lot more practical advice. This is not theory. I'm not an HR person. I am not a recruiter. I haven't been doing this for like years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I've also been critiqued by people and saying, oh, it's like you've looked for a job for four and a half years. And now you're just, you know, being a cop out for for being an entrepreneur. Honestly, like. Really? Yeah, I've been told that uh, by people as well, which is crazy. And, you know, honestly, for myself, if I really wanted to, I could just like snap my fingers and get another one. And I did have quite a few job interviews even after that job, uh, the one I, you know, from the show. Uh, But then I, I just, I turned them down because then I just realized this is not what I want to do anymore. Like, seriously. So, and that's... But my goal with... It's interesting, because I do, of course, do the coaching part, Mm -hmm. but my goal, ultimate goal with Career Denmark is to offer the uh, courses and events for free for internationals. Mm -hmm. And that is through, whether that be through universities, through ACAS, through the job centers, through municipality, through local organization, union, whatever, right? So... And that's where I've always been trying to go with my goal. And so far, it's, uh, it's co- we've, uh, I've come a long way and I don't plan on stopping. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, so uh, you are organizing the
0: events and the workshops for internationals with a usage of certain institutions, which I will also come back to. And you o- also offer one-on-one coaching for people that are preparing to either enter uh, a Danish labor market or they are in a process of looking for a job or maybe they are even in a recruitment process. Okay, so I I already hear that you have met certain skepticism on your way when you started from some people. Mm, I'm wondering if uh, this was the biggest fear you have. What was your biggest fear? Because nine months, it's quite some. I wouldn't say it's a very long time. Sometimes you yeah. have to mature to the decision to actually start your own business. But what were you afraid of the most?
2: I was afraid of failure. I was really okay. afraid of failing because for myself, I'm just such a, like I already describe myself as a go-getter and being strong-willed, but I am so afraid of falling flat on my face and something not working out. Um and it's funny because I never got criticism in the beginning for that. It's only criticism now, but now I'm to the point where I just rub it off and say, "You know what? Uh if someone says something like that, it just means that they're not the right per- we're not the right fit for each other and mm-hmm. that they need someone else to help them, you know? And that's fine. It just means that it just didn't click." And I think that was my biggest fear, fear of failure and f- and The fear of not being accepted Mm -hmm. by internationals because I am quite controversial uh, in a lot of ways, I feel. uh, Why why do you feel that? Is it because you are talkative and strong-willed? That that could be. I think that's part of it uh so are confrontational uh and because i just yeah i'm so strong-willed i just go and say you know this is how it is and sometimes i'm a little bit direct as well Uh so it's something i'm always still working on i think um but yeah i think the biggest is the failure and the acceptance if we had to mention two to be honest
0: yeah okay um I think that that's quite common fear some people are actually are afraid of success and we also yes yes for instance when you start your own business and it picks up very fast and it overwhelms you and you are suddenly like oh oh my god and then you might actually be afraid of uh, being um, you know called an imposter because you got a success quite fast And Mm. then, you know, some people can can start to doubt what the hell is going on with you. But fear of failure, I believe, is one of the most uh, typical fears that uh, entrepreneurs or people who want to start their own business are are coping with. And I think, Marta, we know that very well.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I'm really um, like really impressed by your vulnerability, Kate, Mm -hmm. to just mention not only the fear of failure, but also the fear of not being accepted that's quite a courageous thing to come and speak about yeah so it's really it's really an honor to speak to people who can uh, be at that level of vulnerability uh, because like one thing is the failure part um but the other thing is the acceptance which that di- which links even more directly to our self-worth uh, Challenges, so that's a that's a pretty deep thing to to go ahead and uh, admit, and very important when you're working with people who get a lot of rejections, which Mm -hmm. hit the spot of acceptance again. So, and I think that this is where the resonance comes. When you are capable of being true, honest and, you know, bring your own mistakes, bring your own vulnerability, you will be attracting certain people who also have that pain <laughs> yeah. and you can show them the way on how to overcome uh, yeah. certain things.
0: Yeah. And uh, picking up on overcoming. So tell us, Kate, how did you overcome your fear of failure at least until the point when you decided to actually start your own business? How did you cope with that fear?
2: Yeah, um, I just kept, for a while I knew it was just a passion that I had and Mm -hmm. just wanted to you know, in the beginning, it was just—it it still is. It's just a passion of, you know, getting my courses and getting, you know, just keep going with the motivational talk and just—and—and and one of the fears that I had, and this is also part of acceptance, mm-hmm. is part of the reason I do did my motivational talks. are starting was because I had a fear of being in large rooms with people and speaking in front of people. That was my biggest fear in high school. And that's actually how I s- it started, to be honest, of doing this about job searching and so on, because mm-hmm. there was I had a fear of public speaking. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. And that's part of, I think, of, about acceptance, is that if you are not accepted by the people in the room, then you feel rejected, right? And I just... I did just because I wanted to overcome it. And then I realized oh, well, the majority do accept what I do. And if the minority of a few people don't accept it, then it's okay. Like and it's okay to not be liked by everyone, and maybe it's okay to not, you know. I just I just feel as okay. Well, then maybe I'm just not the right person for them, and that's fine. And this was even before I started doing coaching and everything, because I just wanted to, yeah, just to overcome that fear of being in front of the room. And I think that is what deep down, what it comes to, is the acceptance. Because I I just did it. I overcame it. It's not like some process. It was just like, what was, yeah. It just came to me about. Like, what is something I'm fearful of? Oh, being in public speaking. And I just decide to do that. But and then I realized that later that it was all about acceptance. Actually, this is a very interesting uh, strategy, which I've heard
0: of. And I think many people are doing it. If you are afraid of something, really afraid
2: of something, you just go and do it. Yeah. That's the exposure therapy. Yes, <laughs> it is definitely the exposure therapy. That's all I did, honestly. I mean, I have a. Uh, this is kind of strange. Like, I have a phobia of cotton. I forgot the name of it, but it's like cotton balls. And uh, no, it, it's a true phobia it's, that it's I a, have. Okay, I have a true phobia, and, it, and it's because I don't like the feeling of cotton balls. Oh my god, just even thinking about it, it's just like. Ugh. But like, I uh, overcame that fear by just slowly exposing myself. I can deal with it now, mm-hmm. but and I can see it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so disgusting. But I could. I don't run out of the room and cry anymore. I can just like deal with it. Or like if a doctor goes and puts like a shot and like cotton on it, I can leave it on. But then I'm like, oh my god, like just let it. And then I just uh, throw it away. But it took like. The fear, like just the exposure part of it, I think, and just I just did it. I like ripped the band aid, and that's okay. what I did. So, <laughs> but that's
0: uh, that's uh, that's an interesting uh, strategy. I think it really fits the three adjectives you gave us at the very beginning when you described yourself. Um, but I understand it's uh, not only working, but sometimes it can be tough. Because you are really facing your fears head on. Uh, And I assume you probably have some lifeline around you, like your family or your partner. Uh, What helped you to go through, through those moments?
2: Definitely my partner.
0: Mm -hmm. definitely
2: my husband he's everything he's been so supportive of me because even in the beginning when I had doubts about doing this Mm -hmm. you know and talking to him and I was like well should I do this or this or should I just apply for a job and he's like you know what he's like this is all just about your happiness at this point and I just want you to be happy and I see where you are now that you're just so miserable like you know because I only did part of the reason I got did the jobs was just to get the fast track permanent residency as a non-EU citizen. And that's Mm -hmm. it. You know, that was the only reason. Everything was just about being with him and being uh, with my my now husband. And it was when I realized that I couldn't get that anymore or I was past that point for the fast track. He was like, you know what? He's like, it's not about the money. You just need to do you. And if you want to get a job, go for it. If you want to do your business, go for it. And he was my, he's been like the greatest because I remember talking to him, like, I would like to say it was about three months ago and things were picking up uh, and start, things were starting to happen and being planned. And I asked him, did you really like, and I asked him, even though you've been supportive of me, I, I said, did you really believe that I can get this far? He's like, honestly, no. He's like, I didn't say like, he's like, no, he's like, but I'm like, well, why didn't you say it? Because he's like, because he's like, you would have like, he says, I just wanted to see if you can prove me wrong. And I thought that was really cool. Like, just, he just said it because he was like, he just, he, he really thought like, I don't think he didn't know if I could, but he's like, yeah, I just wanted to see if you can prove me wrong. And he's like, you did. And I'm so proud of you. And that means the world to me. Okay. That, that, that is a very cool approach.
0: I have to say. Um, I, I will just ask one thing. Uh, Marta, I will ask you one thing because mm-hmm. uh, I think that uh, what you said, Kate, you know, to have the right people around you. And in this case, it's your life partner who obviously has been your rock
2: through mm-hmm. all this
0: journey. If we don't have a life partner, or if we don't have a life partner with qualities of Kate's life partner naturally we shouldn't steal Kate's life partner oh, please don't <laughs> please don't <laughs> but uh, Marta w- what what would you advise to people who don't have uh, support of this kind how to Attract or, or gain support of this kind when you are um, starting an entrepreneurial
1: journey and you are exposing yourself to fear. Well, definitely surround yourself with like minded people who are do, who are on the same journey immediately a concept of mastermind comes to my mind Mm -hmm. as that's where let's say five uh, just to give a number people who are on a similar journey uh, get together and support each other on that journey they have shared experiences and everyone always is strong in something and can provide the sparring opportunity or support to the others another way is getting a mentor Mm -hmm. So absolutely find someone you resonate with who is already more experienced and can support you in that way. Uh, If you have some friends who are simply supportive, there are, I guess, many different ways to Mm -hmm. find that kind of support.
0: I like that you mentioned the mastermind, because I think the very important thing is to truly surround yourself with people who will uh, support you, who will be the uh, the wind under your wings and not the... I don't know, the knife in your back. I was trying (laughs) to make some smart and clever proverb, uh, and that uh, came out as it came out. But you know what I mean? And actually, uh, I think that for many young or even not so young people that are um, living in denmark or in any other foreign country they might miss that network they don't have immediate family maybe they are still single or whatsoever it's important to try to find people like this there are many groups even on facebook when you can you know find a i don't know small business in the city you are in and join the group and then even try to look at people who are posting and maybe propose something like a mastermind Hey, i i'm starting a business and i would like you know, to have some support, maybe we can create a group together when we car- where we can support each other. So, thank you, Marta, for mentioning that. And uh, now, I would like to ask you, Kate, which of your fears, now when you look from a perspective of time, turn out to be quite irrelevant? The acceptance part, That's really, really. Okay, how did you discover that it's not that relevant? That it was way bigger than you thought. I think because I th- way less. I'm sorry, way yeah, uh, way less than you thought. Yeah,
2: yeah. Because I realized that uh, much later. It's it's about how to say. You know, I, I got a lot of the. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word for it. Um, I, I got the confirmation of the acceptance from people, but there is, of course, even sometimes today, to be quite frank, there are those one or two people that will go and say, because I was at a motivational talk and it was this the the one person that uh, wrote uh, wrote in when the feedback form about you know that that she's a cop, that Kate is just a cop out and and all mm-hmm. of this. And And that really bothered me. Like, it really bothered me. It was like, and then I just realized, you know, it doesn't matter. And and just put myself in the mindset of like, I am just not going to relate to everyone. And not everyone is going to relate to me. And that's fine. It just means that they are not, we're not the right fit for each other. And how could I even help this person if I am not relatable to that one person? You know, and that's fine. And I've learned to accept that not everyone is going to accept me if that makes mm-hmm. sense and that but most people do And that is what, like, it is the 99%. It's just the 1% that don't. And that's kind of ironic with Wall Street and everything, but it's very true. (laughs) Yeah, but I
0: think that this is actually how our uh, mind works and those are mysterious ways because we like to focus on that one negative comment instead of uh, actually trying to appreciate all the positive ones that we got. Uh, Kate, before we will finish this part of the interview, I would like to ask you if you could come back... Uh, to the time when you decided to uh, start Career Denmark, what would you advise yourself if you could give yourself one piece of advice from today's Kate to the Kate two years ago? Value yourself. Very strong,
2: short, and keep on talking. (laughs) (laughs) Value yourself, okay? Yes, Um, because I think as internationals, We, yeah, I I think as internationals, or us in Denmark, we have problems with valuing each other and knowing how to value ourselves. And this is not only with job searching, but also within business as well. Um, And I think, like, let's take, for example, if someone's looking for a job and they're so desperate that they're just going to, you know, take any job just f- just for the experience or do one two three internships for free just to get the experience or whatever and and I and I and I've had this issue as well in the beginning, where I was in the beginning, if I had to redo everything, I don't think I would have done everything for free like I did, because what I what happened was that I exposed myself, uh, and uh, and people were taking the information that I had and then like using it for themselves, and I felt very uh, abused in that sense, and I said, lo- and then I realized that people were not appreciating me, like internationals were not appreciating me as well, uh, even though I was giving that I did. Feel as appreciated, and that's when I said, You know what? In order to be taken seriously, I need to value myself. And that's one of the reasons I started my business is because I wanted to be appreciated, and there is something about having a monetary value. Like with the with the coaching, for example, that when you give something that is of value and you put a price on it, people take you more seriously, and and I started to realize that for myself, I needed to do that. Uh, and of course, I the goal is always, but don't get me wrong, the course, uh, the goal of Career Denmark has always been to get my. Uh, courses and stuff for free but then I also then go with the mindset I'm doing this to help people and I'm not going in to try to sell myself if that makes sense I don't know if I'm contradicting myself or not in in that sense but Mm,
0: I believe that you have touched upon a very delicate balance that many of us have to uh, basically work on to to establish which is I do things because I'm passionate about them and I have a mission in my heart, but I also need to make living yeah. because I, you know, the, I have to pay bills and I think that this is something that uh, many people, especially when they have a soulful business, passionate business, business based on passion, they struggle with because they feel like, you know, I should not charge money because that's my mission to help others. Then again, OK, what the hell I will uh, eat tonight because I have no food. So I think the balance should be that you should make a decent, decent living and be able to fulfill yourself, yes. Uh, but that's definitely a topic for another one-hour show. Oh, for um, sure. And I think we will jump swiftly and smoothly to the next part. But just to just to sum up, So basically, your strategy to uh, conquer your fears is to be exposed to them, yeah, and to try to face them head on, yes. And also in case of times getting rough, having someone to lean on, which is your partner. And uh, I think you gave us a very nice um, thought about the acceptance and how important, yet sometimes irrelevant, the fear of not being accepted is. I think that the acceptance should actually come within most of the time. And when okay. it comes, uh, the external acceptance is not mm-hmm. so relevant anymore. But thank you very much for this and um, now Marta will come with something really cool and special which I like to call. Uh, how did you call it last time? Because I don't remember. I don't know how it I was called it last time, but it's workshops and events before it was something like important uh, and uh, cool things that are happening. Or, uh, I don't know. It was very long. We have to work on the name for that. But uh, this is a little corner where our listeners, those in Denmark, can uh, find out what cool Uh, Workshops and events are happening, and maybe our listeners from all over the world could uh, get some inspiration on what they could create or um, run in their local communities based
1: on the things that Marta will now tell us about. Well, I must admit that last time I was more lucky in finding different interesting workshops and events in English. Okay. This time I have not found uh, as many mm-hmm. as before, uh, so, but I did find interesting things. So the first thing is something for independent creators. Mm-hmm. So that's something where you can uh, get yourself there if you are a crafty person creative person if you're creating something with your hands crafty uh, maybe person. you're knitting crocheting sewing ceramics and this kind of uh, <laughs> stuff okay that sounds cool yeah so crafty crafts, with your hands guys yeah it's it's a uh, it's uh, and and then i hate it because it, i only have the name in danish as i said it was in danish and i'll just do my best to whatever funs <laughs> største So basically it is uh, something that is running in three biggest cities in Denmark Mm -hmm. and this is a trade fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the best name in uh, the best name for it in English. And I believe that the information is given in Danish. So it might be a little bit difficult for international people who don't speak Danish to get into it. However, uh, you are welcome there. Even though you are international, you might need mm-hmm. to ask a Danish friend maybe to help you sign up for this one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's happening. Uh, it's happening on 31st of October. Uh, from 11 to, f- to 1st of November uh, 16 in Olse Ooh, Halloween. Yes. So basically something interesting for crafty people to, mm-hmm. uh, to sign up for mm-hmm. and go and show off your work, show your talents, show your passion and um, yeah. Mm -hmm. I can see that there are actually
0: 200 exhibition spaces, so you can probably book a space. We will have the link to this event in the show notes of this episode on the uh, fiveoptions.com five five as a number, Uh, and I really hope that when I say that people don't Google the fiveoptions.com five as a number, otherwise it's... uh, I'm, I'm horrible at this, but we will have the link in the show notes and you can basically probably approach those people and have your own little stand and show your crochet art or whatever you do there with <laughs> hands. <laughs> I think that's exciting. I think even I would go and, uh, and check it out because you can uh, see a lot of cool things that people do. Absolutely. Yep.
1: So that's something for that part of our audience that are uh, independent creators mm-hmm. and supporters of independent creators. The second thing that I wanted to bring on is happening in Aalborg and it's happening on 20th of October from 5:30 to 8:30. There is an opportunity to learn about branding yourself on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. Mm. Here unfortunately it's in Danish. So that will only work for those people who can at least understand Danish. But if that's something that you are interested in and you want to find out how to strengthen your personal branding and uh, future career opportunities, that's something that you can join in Allborg on Tuesday, 20th of October.
0: Yeah. And if you really want to join without no Danish skills,
1: then you have one month to learn Danish. So start now. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck. (laughs) And again, something happening in Colding, unfortunately, or I don't know, whatever, maybe that's also fortunately, maybe that's how we all international can finally get better in Danish. Uh, happening on 28th of October in Colding from 9 till 4 p.m. Become web marketing manager. Mm. That's something that is happening um Every week for a period of time, we have a link here, so you can uh, get to know um, something about or get really good knowledge on uh, in online marketing. So, if you would like to support yourself in this kind of um, skills, that's something that you can do. That's also stuff like SEO, social media, email marketing, Facebook advertising. Uh, so yeah, you'll get a link, and if that's something that speaks to you, and you can speak some Danish, uh, might be yeah, <laughs> might be something for you. The next event that I would like to uh, promote is something that one of our um, one of our members of the group on Facebook this year I buy from a small business. Say what? Has told us about. So in Copenhagen, from 12 to 14 of October, there is a maker camp. That's something for children. Mm. So here, an, uh, here's an opportunity for the parents to have something amazing and creative for your children. And at the same time, support a very small, very soulful business. You can sign up your child and uh, get the focus on fun and creative learning and not, um yeah, that's something for cra- crafty kids again. Crafty kids, yeah. Let's say it this way. Yeah. So the link is there. And you are welcome to uh, to check it out on our website, the5options.com.
0: Yeah, and I think that the startup is, uh, I think it's startup or already kind of established company. It's thelittlepinkmaker.com. And uh, yeah, the lady is uh, on our group and she has a lot of cool offers. She also has some things for adults as well. So check her website for more things if you are interested in being crafty. And uh, using your hands again. Yes. So that will be it for this time. For this time. Okay, Kate, we are jumping into the last questions, but then do you have an event soon that you would like to uh, tell us about or have you uh, stopped all the events because obviously you are expecting your baby? So I'm not sure how long are you going to, uh, to work uh, still with your company before yeah. the...
2: Yeah, well, the rival. there are a few that I cannot say at this time because they are not, uh, there still uh, has to do some legal documentation that needs to be done for that. But uh, one of the things I can say is that on uh, November and end of November, if you go to my career, I can't remember the date, but a- a- end of November, uh, yeah, you can uh, if you are an architect or if you are within the construction industry or building industry, I'm doing a motivational talk uh, that I do uh, or have been doing. For for a long time called uh, a job searching in Denmark an international story uh, and this will be tailored for those who are the architects who are in the building industry who are civil engineers uh, that can come and then they get uh, b- tips and tricks uh, so you can just simply go to my I'm sorry I don't remember the date in the top of my head but just go to my career Denmark page and uh, the date should be there it's uh, and it should be yeah it'll be uh, it should it, it will be up uh, fairly soon we will just so. feature
1: you in the next program until November we we still have time so yeah, that yeah. we can promote it. In so the we, will, we will remind yeah. our uh, our listeners and regarding yeah. other secret
0: and not yet uh, out in the open events. Yeah. We also will give uh, our listeners uh, links so they can find you and follow you. Yeah. So I guess I would like to uh, ask you because that is one of the um, uh, information that was uh, Uh, brought up by you that you actually organize those free events and you are doing this in a partnership with certain institutions here in Denmark and you mentioned ACAS uh, you mentioned job first you mentioned uh, some municipalities Kate you have to reveal to our listeners how did you manage to build this network and partner up with those people you are not a Dane so you are an international and can you um, can you Tell us, how did you manage to do this?
2: Networking, LinkedIn, that's it. (laughs) Okay, that's only this and that. Okay, but uh, Mostly, and and, well, also email, but a lot of it has to do with networking. It is like networking is in the Danish blood, and LinkedIn has also uh, been very popular uh, within the last five years in Denmark as well. Mm -hmm. And it is just about how you communicate to the companies. And I add a note and just tell them very simply in less than 300 characters uh, that, you know, I'm making this initiative to help internationals with their job search in Denmark. And uh, yeah, uh, with COVID, it's been interesting because of course I can't offer them coffee <laughs> or yeah. to meet with them, but just say, you know, can we talk on Skype to see if, if we can be the right fit for each other and collaborating. And a lot of the time they just go and say, yeah, let's, let's talk. And and it's interesting for them. And it's just, it is about when you're a business person, uh, it is just about how you approach them and just making, and it is, and I do this as well. And it's a very similar approach I do when I uh, teach internationals and how Mm -hmm. to network to get a job via LinkedIn. And it's a similar approach about, you know, like having coffee. But in this case, if they're like far away, I just go and just say, let's, let's just meet on Skype. You know, uh, and see if we can you know collaborate, and and that's really all I do, and then I just take the conversation yeah. from there. So it's it's it cannot it's not only can be applied to job searching, it's also for business as well.
0: So Kate, let me get this straight. You basically just look through LinkedIn another platform like this and you are strategically choosing certain institutions or um, companies that could be interested in your type of of services and you just approach them explaining simply in as you said 300 uh, words or less what is it that you are doing and you usually get a, a feedback okay let's talk
2: That's very simple. And it's also the point of also knowing the hashtags and what kind of hashtags uh, to follow on LinkedIn as well and using the right keywords. And sometimes uh, when you go through a network of uh, when they say about the feed on LinkedIn, for Mm -hmm. example, sometimes it is by chance that I do see the right person. And sometimes if they're not quite the right person, they might know the right person. So then I'll just simply ask them instead if they are, you know, and this is what I'm doing, are you the right person? uh to talk to and there and uh and most Danes or you know are just like no I'm not the right person but here's a contact and then okay. that's it and it's uh yeah and that's really just how I start a conversation so. Okay, I, I think this is
0: how your uh, sales persona comes through, because I think many people wouldn't even think about doing that, you know, like approaching a case or approaching municipality or, or something, you know, with my offer. I, I, I think that many people don't even have this idea. So thank you so very much for bringing it up, and you have also touched upon uh, the lockdown situation. You mentioned that uh, while lockdown, there was uh, no possibility many times to meet for coffee because I assume you prefer in-person meeting. Uh, I think many of us do. So one of the things that you changed during lockdown is that you switched to Skype Meetings, right? Is there something else that you have adjusted in your business activities during lockdown that you would like to share oh, yeah. with, uh, with others? Because we are closing down soon, but I think this would be a very good advice for our listeners for the future.
2: Yeah, uh, I definitely changed it to doing my events online. OK, uh, everything I, I, I've changed to webinars because I used to do even last year, my tips and tricks series and doing it live uh, in Aarhus. Uh, and then when the lockdown happened and when I became an official company in March, I said, oh, crap, what do <laughs> I do? A bad oh, crap. So and then I just realized, you know what, let's just do a webinar and do it and do it like that. And actually and it actually has become more successful than it has ever been. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I just say, if you are doing an event, do it online because you have totally a bigger outreach uh, than you do in uh, locally. And it was the best decision I ever made. So, and I'm very, and even in my upcoming events, which I will tell you later as well, they will also with these organizations, they will also become online.
0: Mm-hmm. I think well. that this is a very good uh, tip for everyone because. I believe many of small businesses. It's okay, Kate. We have heard everything on this show by now. <laughs> Our technician was coughing, and uh, I was doing some weird uh, feet movement, and now the little spoon in a mug. So that's okay. We we are we are. We, we had it all. But thank you for that. For thank you for that closing thought because I think many of the small uh, businesses and entrepreneurs were really surprised by the lockdown situation and they didn't have um, a capacity, mental capacity of figuring out how to switch. So thank you <laughs> for this interview. Thank you very much. And guys, we will hear each other next week at Small Business Rising.
3: Bye. Bye.